Is your never-ending to-do list sucking the joy out of life? Do you ever feel like you can't possibly do it all? Well, I have a hunch you are going to love today's guest. Romy Knudstadt is a lawyer and PR exec turned entrepreneur. She's a mother and an award-winning author. And today, she's sharing her tips and tricks for living a less frazzled and more fulfilling life. Are you looking for real-life, tried-and-true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty-gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. Hello, Romy. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I am absolutely thrilled to be with you. Thanks for having me. Where are you calling from, by the way? I live in gorgeous San Diego. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I love San Diego. I'm in Utah and it's freezing. Leah is joining us from California also. She's up in the Bay Area. Oh, how wonderful. Right outside of Sacramento. I love California. And you know, I, I often get that response from folks, especially in the winter months. But Utah is exquisite. It's our ski place of choice. Yep. Best snow on earth. Well, we're excited to chat with you about your new book, you can have it all, just not at the same damn time. <laughs> and that is quite a title. <laughs> Thank you. It, it is a fun one. I mean, people are responding incredibly well to it. Well, I have to admit, though, when I first got your book, I only saw the first part. And I thought to myself, who is this lady? This is crazy. You can't have it all. Because <laughs> as I've tried <laughs> to have it all, I've literally run myself into the ground and to the brink of exhaustion. And I know Leah is the same. Yes. I have seven kids and managing that and the house and some businesses that I run, it's, I can't imagine doing it all and having it all. But it's the second part of the title that's the key, right? Not at the same time. That's exactly it. I mean, you just said it. You can't have it all and do it all. And that's the part that most women get confused about. And, and that's why I knew I had to write this book to ignite this conversation. All of us women are suffering from an epidemic condition called unrealistic expectations. I mean, let's be real. All the things we're supposed to be and how much we're supposed to accomplish and how we're supposed to look while we're doing it. You know, we, we think we have to be all things to all people. And meanwhile, we have these to-do lists that keep growing exponentially as we add things we think we should do. And it's left us stressed and exhausted and often feeling like a failure. So we're not able to get to the things that we really want to do. And there are so many great tips and tricks in your book, whether you're a working full-time mom or a part-time working or full-time stay-at-home mom, we all feel those pressures. We get a lot of questions in our Mom Force Facebook group about how to feel like we are succeeding at juggling all the responsibilities for caring for home and family along with other priorities. And we got this question from Allison that I could totally relate to, and I wanted to get your take on it. So Allison mm -hmm. says, for those who are stay-at-home moms, how many days a week do you feel like you have a really golden day, meaning you're able to get completely ready, exercise, clean the house, complete to-do items, run errands, cook all the meals yourself, do the kid activities, have time and energy for your husband, and do it happily? My kids are three and five, and I can usually only get about two of these golden days a week. You know, this is something that I've heard over and over again and, and used to be asking myself to, you know, I work with tens of thousands of women and we're all trying to have what we think are golden days filled with all the things that your listener listed. But I think our definition of golden days need to change. 
I had to figure this out because I had a fast growing career with young kids and I had a mom who was growing older and needed a lot more care. And I had all of these things that I thought I should be doing and it was multiplying like crazy. And I was trying to fit everything perfectly together like a Jenga game into every single day. And I found it wasn't possible. I had to come up with a way to finally figure out what my priorities are. I was 42 years old at the time. I had never once even thought about what my priorities are. I confused them all those years with goals and they're two different things. I was a goal setter. I slayed those babies, but I never stopped to figure out what, what are my priorities right now at this particular moment in my life and then set goals that serve those priorities. And once I started doing that, that's when it enabled me to look at any given day and weed out the things that weren't serving my priorities and goals. But all of those things, Allison lists, those all seem like really good, important things. How do you decide what is a priority? So on any given day, you have to understand that there are only so many hours And while doing things for your children may have to take precedence because it's going to be a really busy day, some of the other things that you feel like you should be doing, like cooking a home-cooked meal, as opposed to doing what I had to do while my kids were little and I was growing a business, which is meal assembly, right? Mm -hmm. Getting things that are already pre-made and and putting them together. Well, that was something that I had to just acknowledge that was undue pressure on myself. And it really wasn't serving my priority. One of my goals was feeding my kids with nutritious food and actually being present with them as opposed to just exhausted at dinner time. I love what you say. We've got to stop shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> yes, I. we got to stop shooting because we're doing it all over the place, people. And it's just really ruining our lives. I love that you distinguish between the goals and the priorities. The goal is a nutritious meal. The priority is being there with your kids, not exhausted. So you have to just find what works in between there. And, and the other thing about, you know, she, she mentioned trying to be there for her husband. You know, the reality is some days, and this is just the way it is when you're in the muck of raising kids and doing other things. There isn't going to be every day when you have this romantic lifetime movie of the week worthy, you know, rendezvous with your husband in the course of a day. But what I learned to do was be incredibly religious about keeping a schedule and mapping out everything that was going on in any given week and putting down date nights, even if that meant a date night at home and putting down times for us to even just take a break because we both work from home and have lunch together. And if you sprinkle that type of thing throughout the week, then you still feel connected. You still feel like you're one another's priorities, even if some days you're like two ships passing in the night. I love how you teach that you've got to identify what your priorities are and then make a plan to make sure that those things get done. And along the way, you weed out stuff, right? You edit your life. Well, I 
call it relentlessly editing your life. And when I speak to groups of women and I say that term relentlessly, I, I can visibly watch their shoulders get removed from their ears and they start to relax because it just sounds so darn good. Yes. It's because we all have so much on our plates that we're dying for a break. Okay. Here's a post from our Mom Force Facebook group. This is from Shannon. And she says, how do you prioritize your to-do list? I have a couple of hours when my oldest is at preschool and my two-year-old and seven-month-old are napping. And I have a hard time deciding what I should do during that time. Dishes, cleaning, laundry, reading. I sometimes take a nap if I need to, but I feel like I have so many things to do and can't figure out what's most important. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. How do we know where we should be spending our time? Um, would you like me to tell you this exercise that I've been taking myself through for the last seven years and I do it every few months and coach other folks to do it too? Yes. yes. Tell us your secrets. This may seem like a significant endeavor to take on, but uh, it will change your life. Okay. So I want you to make a list of everything you do in a week, typical week. And I mean everything. And I want you to mark down how long you spend doing it. And then you get to label every line item. So you're going to mark a, a P for everything that serves one of your or more of your priorities. And then you're going to mark a G for everything that's helping you get closer to achieving one or more of your goals. See, that's why it's really important to get clear on your priorities and goals. And then you mark an M for everything you think you must do. You know, that's the stuff like going to the bathroom and personal yeah. hygiene, right? I, I mean, I, I <laughs> that, said- That got, makes the list. Yes. <laughs> got to brush your teeth. You got to write down everything, right? And then here, here's where the, the magic happens. You write an H for everything you hate doing and an S for everything you think you should do. That's the shooting all over the place. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's in the things marked H and S that we are able to see the things that we should be delegating or completely deleting, which ends up freeing up our time and energy to focus on the things that are serving our priorities and goals. Well, what if some of those things are laundry and cleaning the bathrooms and the things that like someone has to do it and you don't have money to hire someone to do them? So here's what's really powerful about this exercise. So if you clear out some of the other things, you actually find that you will have more time if you absolutely positively can't afford a house cleaner. You can fit in the time to do it. But here's what I challenge everyone to think about. If you go through and figure out where your money is going in your family budget and really look and see, are you paying for Netflix are you, you know, having lattes out? Really, if a priority and a goal of yours is not to be cleaning your own house, I challenge you to think about creative ways that you can afford a house cleaner. When I was just starting to build my business, I knew that every hour that I put toward that business versus cleaning my own toilets was going to provide me with exponential returns. But we didn't have a lot extra. But when I was able to see that the time that I was wasting on the house cleaning could instead go to income generating activities and that we could shave off some of the extra things that really weren't essential to our priorities and goals, 
In fact, we were able to afford the house cleaner a couple times a month, and it made an unbelievable difference. And I was also able to see that, you know, I had a sitter part-time with the kids while I was getting work done. And if I just paid her a few dollars more, she folded all the laundry Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she put the kids' laundry away. Leah already does this hack with her babysitters. She's figured this one out. Yes, that's right. And so so it's a different way of thinking. And and really, again, this comes down to should. Let's face it. How many of us have said to ourselves, well, you know, I'm a stay at home mom or I'm a work from home mom. Well, I should be doing all that myself. I challenge you to think why. Is that serving your priorities and goals? And is there a way that you can get more creative about freeing your time up for what you really want to do? Yeah, sometimes we fall into traditional roles too. And we think, well, my mom did it this way, so I should do it this way to be a good mother and wife. And I love this exercise. It kind of can challenge all of that and figure out what works for you and for your family and your partnership. It frees up that opportunity to do something differently. And and really what this all comes down to is giving ourselves the gift of time to examine what we're doing with our time, what we're doing with our resources, how we're spending effort and energy on relationships. So many of us don't do that because we're too darn busy trying to do all the stuff on our to-do list. Right. And you <laughs> yeah. talk about being proactive versus reactive and I know I fall into that reactive category a lot. Just things keep flying. I mean, I've got seven kids and they all have their issues and their needs and their wants and the business and the house and the pets. And if I don't make a plan to be proactive, I'm never going to feel like I'm on top of things. There's no way you could do it. And first, I I just must do an aside here that I am here in San Diego bowing down to you with seven children. That's amazing. That's amazing. I stopped it too. John and I were convinced that we didn't want to be outmanned. So yeah, that was um, might have been wise. It was smart. <laughs> it was smart. I always tell Steve, sometimes he comes home, I call him my firefighter days, where all I've done is like run from one fire to another, putting them out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I am wasted and exhausted. I love then this is an opportunity to pick the brain of someone who's made these decisions and made these changes and seen the light at the end of this tunnel, you know, that we all feel like we fall into sometimes. Yes. And I have to be very clear. I'm a work in progress and I still have to go back to all of these tools that I amassed and developed in order to keep myself on track. But I'm constantly aware of when I'm feeling scattered or overwhelmed. And it's a reminder in addition to my calendar reminders. Oh, yeah, I got to go back and check in with my priorities and goals. I got to relentlessly edit my life. Oh, yeah, it's time for my Sunday night weekly calendaring check-in meeting with myself and then the one with my husband. So I love this exercise about analyzing all of the things on your to-do list, even having to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And I like the idea of cutting out the things that I hate. But what about the things that I love to do? Like, I tend to say yes to too many things. Do you have any coaching for us about how to say no, even to the things that we love and we want to do? Oh, absolutely I do. I think no is one of the most important words that we can learn to say. But I want to stop you here for just a moment. You said you love so many things and you have a hard time saying no. But what I want to challenge everyone to stop and, and evaluate is 
Are you saying yes because it's actually serving one of your priorities and one or more of your goals? Or are you saying yes because you don't want to disappoint the other person or because it's something you think you should be doing? I I mean, we have got to get really good at saying no and saying it often in an authentic and gracious way. Mm-hmm. Because no keeps us from committing to the things we really don't want. So here are a couple of, of examples because, you know, women have said to me, okay, I love this idea of saying no, but I don't know what the heck to say. Like literally, what words do I use to extricate myself from what somebody's asking? Yeah, I need help here. Okay. All right. So I, I got your sister. And these are these are all things that I have personally said. No, I I can't be class mom because my plate is completely full and I wouldn't be able to give it the time and attention it deserves. But thank you so much for thinking of me. I like that. It's authentic. It's gracious. It's honest. It's unapologetic, right? I, I'm just being very frank, but but very grateful. All right, here's another one. No, I can't attend the fundraiser this week because I've been running at warp speed and Friday night will be the one night this week. I got to go to bed early but I hope it's a huge success. It's, it's so hard though, because for me, what would you say for me? I love all the activities that I'm involved with. Like I like pretty much everything. So for me, my husband teases me that I'm the more girl because if one thing is good, two things is even better. And I find that my calendar gets so full because I want to go to all of these things. Like all the book clubs, all the girls' nights out, all of the friend dinners, all of the parties. I don't feel like I should go. I'm really okay with not feeling overwhelmed by the should, but like I need discipline. Okay, so, and and guess what? You may be surprised by my answer, but when you or if you do my exercise of establishing your priorities and goals, one of your key priorities, and I believe we can only have three at any one time, because you know, we don't have superhero costumes here. One of your priorities might be, I have fun every single day. Okay. And goals within that, one of your goals might be to go to a social event three times a week, because that's what fills your soul. Yeah. But here's the thing, you're gonna have to cut something else out of your life in order to accommodate it. Because you just got done telling me a few minutes ago that you're overwhelmed. It's true. I like that. It's it's a deliberate taking ownership of your life. There's that concept, operator versus owner, when you're building a business. And I think that applies to building your family or building your life. You can just be there turning cranks and reacting to everything, or you can take ownership, make clear priorities and goals that serve those priorities. And then, yeah, have fun every single day if you want, Leah. But you're going to have to say no to the fundraiser and to the PTA yeah. and to maybe, you know, folding your own laundry. It's true. I love this. It doesn't feel like you're in a trap. It feels like you have permission to create the life that you want. And decide and do. Yes. It, this will free you. And I'm not here, nor, nor should anyone else tell you what your all should look like. That's the beautiful thing. We get to decide, not someone else. Not a snarky mom at school that judges you for bringing store-bought goodies. Not the critic in your head. Not Instagram. That it's got to come from us. Yeah, yeah. And you got to have you got to have a lot of courage to embrace what your all is and not fall victim to 
feeling less than because someone else has a different all, right? Embrace your individuality. It is so empowering. You used a quote that where your attention goes, your energy flows. And since reading that, I have used that a few times. Like I said, on those firefighter days, I'm going from one thing to another. I'm not intentional with my attention. And so my energy is zapped by everything. Well, once you have your plan, you've got your priorities, you have your goals, you have a clear vision of what's important. You got to get stuff done, right? You're going to end up with a list. There is going to be a list of things that you have to get done. You talk about multitasking and you don't, you're not a fan of multitasking. I used to brag about how I could multitask. I could do three things at a time. How else am I supposed to do all, be a mom and a wife and a mother and a business owner if I didn't multitask? And and actually, we tell our customers, our chatbookers, that you can chatbook while you're waiting for carpool. There is some ways of multitasking that can be good, but I would love for to hear your take on on multitasking, yay or nay? Okay, so I'm not a fan of the term multitasking because it implies that our human brains are like computer hard drives that can handle several things at once. And the studies show that that's not true. Our brains can't, it makes us slower. It diffuses our focus, makes us less effective. We get more tired, more stress. So I I don't, subscribe to this common saying that, you know, busy is is the new thin, right? I, I just, I don't. Yeah, that's the B word. We don't use the B word around here. I don't like it either. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely hate it. And it's not a status symbol to be juggling five balls at once. So there's an alternative that is actually good for us, good for our emotional health, our brain health, makes us more productive. It maximizes the time that we actually get to spend on the stuff that's important to us. And it's the concept of multipliers. That's combining one task that we can do on autopilot with one task that requires brain power. And you just gave a perfect example of if you're sitting in carpool, that requires absolutely no brain power. You are able to do something else. Or instead of sitting and having a coffee meeting or catching up with a girlfriend at a coffee house, well, we'll go for a walk while we talk so we can get exercise in plus time outside. And so that's like a multiplier cubed, mm, right? Because yeah. we're getting we're getting three things done at once. And, and the point is to get creative and it makes it a lot easier to fit more in without taxing our brains and sacrificing being present. So doing your email while you're helping your kid with the homework, that's not a good example of a multiplier. <laughs> oh yeah, that's bad. And <laughs> And come on, we're we're moms. Our kids are watching everything. Yep. And if I'm doing that, how the heck can then I say to my teenage son, you know what, while you're doing your homework, you can't have how I met your mother going on in the background or be answering text messages from your butts. You talk in your book about screen time and about how our kids, they are watching everything we do and especially how we are managing our phones. And a phone addiction is real. I'm going to admit my name is Vanessa Quigley and I'm addicted to my phone. <laughs> this is one of my goals for 2020 is to break that addiction. But the phone is such an amazing productivity tool. Can you share with us some of your tips and tricks for managing screen time while also using it in a powerful way to, to help you accomplish your goals? 
this is such an important topic and I'm so glad you asked about it. It's so important that I dedicate an entire chapter in the book to taming technology because it is something that can, as you say, make us incredibly more productive, but it can also rob us of time and frankly of joy in our lives if we allow it. I too am a phone addict. I am. So I had to create limits, boundaries, and habits for myself that would help me go into this addiction recovery. And it's everything from turning off all devices an hour before I go to bed and actually placing them in another room to no longer using my phone as an alarm clock and going back old school so that when I open my eyes, the first thing that I touch is not my phone that has text messages and emails and calendar alerts just tantalizing me. I'm just being honest here. I had to learn to leave my phone somewhere else when I went to the bathroom. I mean, (laughs) ladies, when did it become the norm, right? When did it become the norm that we couldn't even go do a basic bodily function without scrolling? I know, it's so sad. What's wrong with us? Here's what it is. And I don't think we should beat ourselves up too much um, because at the, the end of the day, we're animals and social media and technology and the beeps and the buzzes, we know scientifically it creates an addictive response, the dopamine receptors in our brain. We get that. But the other part of this is I think we've become so afraid of stillness and quiet Yes, and so afraid of being bored. And I see this a lot. And We need to return to a place where it's okay for us not to be doing something every minute and to just sit with our thoughts, even when we're sitting on the throne, because that's when we get to hear what I like to call our heart voice, which is telling us what's going on with us. Well, I think I'm so focused on being productive. And it goes back to the multitasking. Why would I just sit on the toilet when I could be answering an email? Or why would I drive in the car without listening to an audiobook? And it, it builds this frenetic, angsty tension in my life. And I loved when you talk about this in the book about creating quiet in your life, because I know that I'm missing that. And I know my kids are suffering because they also don't have that in their life. Yeah, it's true. With Alexa and streaming and wireless headphones you don't even have to have your phone in your hand to have something playing in your head all the time and i have it's it is it's a plague for our kids especially right now and us because we fall into the same trap that there is no quiet there's no time for personal reflection or inspiration so you know how so many people say well oh i i have my best ideas when i'm in the shower it's not because of the aesthetic of the shower in your particular home, it's because it's quiet. Mm -hmm. It's because there's no other stimuli coming at us so we can actually have the space to think and be creative. Well, why do we have to relegate that just to the shower? Why can't we give ourselves permission and acknowledge that every single minute of every single day doesn't have to be productive, that the human experience is not about constantly doing, but about being. We're human beings. Yep. We need that balance. And I think we, in our effort to do it all and be it all, (laughs) we've fallen out of balance. Do you have any final words of encouragement? We're almost out of time here. But for all of us 
but we're trying our best to be the best mom that we can while being all of the other things, wife, sister, friend, coworker. Do you have any final words of encouragement? What I want you all to understand is you got to give yourself grace. Amen. You have to forgive yourself for all the things that you're not, that you think you should be doing and embrace all the things you are and what's really important to you because that's why God put us here. Yes, I totally agree. Amen. Embrace who you are. That's that I love that that I can do. Embrace who you are. We don't have to be perfect. (laughs) No, no. In fact, you shouldn't be. It'll keep you from being creative and and authentic. And perfection is a myth. And it's not something to aspire to. So, so good. So good. This honestly takes a burden off. I I can't wait to do this exercise and lay out all of the things. I'm going to delegate some of the things to my children and to my husband and to my assistant. I know. Um, I am going to relentlessly edit my life. Good. I'm deleting a lot of things. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of deleting because I just have too much stuff and too many things. Leah, I'm I'm looking into your office right now. And yes, you have too much stuff. We're going to come to a giant purge of your whole home. That'll make you feel better. I know. I know. It will, for sure. Well, you're awesome, Romy. Thank you so much for being here with us. Good luck with everything you have going on this year and the book. You're a light. We're so glad we got to meet you. Thank you so much. Me too. I could talk to you guys forever. (laughs) I wish you a year filled with all that you want and none of the stuff you don't. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think. Also, check out the show notes for links to the things we talked about. And you can find a special chapbook's discount code. All right. We'll see you next week.